0: Hi, my name's India. This is Be More Orca, Buck the Menopause. Now I'm not a medic, or an expert, or a celebrity. I'm just going through it myself. I was totally blindsided by my symptoms. I knew nothing about this stage of my life. And then I discovered neither did any of my friends. So I'm on a mission to find out everything I can, explore every avenue to help us manage our symptoms and get our lives back on track. One of the best things about starting this pod is that I've got to talk to so many women about what they've been going through. And it's been enlightening and reassuring in equal measure. And it's made me realise how much we can help each other just by talking. So I'd like you to meet Eleanor, Charlotte and Deborah, three amazing women. And I promise you, this conversation is an eye-opener. Hello, and thank you very much for coming and chatting to me today. So, should we go around the virtual room and introduce ourselves? Of course. So, I'm Eleanor Matthews. And I live in Oxfordshire. Hi,
1: I'm Charlotte Gorton-Brown, and I live in Kent. Uh, And I'm Deborah Maxwell.
2: Um, I live in Cheltenham. You should be able to tell my accent because I think I'm the only South African in the room.
0: Oh, yeah. It's true. (laughs) I think we all sound suitably different, so that's all right. Um, Well, as I say, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy lives to come and talk to me about this. I know it's something that we all feel... Quite strongly about. So, I really want to start off just talking to you about where you were, what was going on in your life when you first felt symptoms starting. I suppose it's quite a grey period, isn't it? Because they can start for a very long time.
3: <laughs> exactly. And the symptoms are so random and various, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I think it's
3: only much later that I realized that some of the things right at the beginning were anything to do with menopause. Absolutely. I seriously went to my GP and ended up having a consultation with a dementia specialist, because
1: that's what I thought was wrong.
0: Likewise. That's what my
1: husband wanted me to do as well. He said, <laughs> I, think, I, I think you're losing your brain. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, do we all slightly feel that? I mean, I felt that's the one for me, brain fog. Yeah. I think we all put brain fog down as our symptoms, but you guys have had some pretty varied ones. Deborah, what was your worst symptom?
2: Well, there was two, really. There's one that was terrifying, which was I had absolutely awful heart palpitations, particularly at night, lying in bed in a cold sweat, uh, as you do. Um, but the heart palpitations were awful. It felt like my chest was going to explode. And it was relentless. It was all of the time and, and, and at random times just sitting, usually accompanied by, by sweating. It was just awful. And, and very similar to Eleanor, I actually thought I had chronic heart disease, not helped by the fact that my partner had just recently had chronic heart disease. The, 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 the worst one that is affecting me to this day is insomnia. I, I, I can't remember when last I slept
0: through the night. You still suffer with that?
2: Absolutely. And it's accompanied by awful nightmares. I never used to have nightmares like I do, but the nightmares I have are truly horrendous. The other night, I dreamt my dog was being skinned, Ooh. as an example. Oh, my God. Oh, wow.
0: You see, you're not the first person to say nightmares to me. Mm. Do we think that's to do with overheating? All linked to the insomnia. I
2: think when you don't sleep well, you tend to sleep quite fitfully, and then you tend to dream more. Mm. Because if I'm overtired, the nightmares are definitely worse. The other thing is, some of the drugs they give you, I had really itchy
3: skin, like properly itchy skin. And they gave me this antihistamine called fexophenidine, which was the most magical drug ever because I went from unbearably itchy to completely fine, apart from the weird dreams. Oh, no. And it was like, intense, intense, hyper-realistic dreams where I'd wake up like, oh my God, did I really just do that?
0: <laughs> really, really strange. Because I haven't had itchy skin. Is that just as in like it feels a bit dry itchy or is it like there's something crawling all over me itchy?
1: Yeah, f- for me, it's um, mainly limbs, so legs and arms. And I would, I mean, I, I could have itched myself raw, it was that intense, um, incredibly painful. And it, you know, it just doesn't look very nice when you're out in your life, you know, scratching like a dog. Like a dog scratches, right, with fleas. Not, not particularly attractive, not very me-like. So that was difficult. And for me, the really bad thing has been my joint pain on my thumb pads. I've had to have physio on them. At one point, I physically couldn't pick up more than one plate started having to hold things differently. I even bought two mugs with baby handles on either side. Oh, no. Like I, ca- I cannot lift a cup just with my thumb and my finger. I have to do it with both hands.
0: Wow. And
1: it's still wow. really, really painful, like uber painful all the time.
0: We are all on HRT, aren't we? We're all on different HRTs, which we will come to later. But so HRT hasn't helped with that, Charlotte?
1: No, not with that. And I, I didn't associate it with my menopause until I went and saw a physiotherapist. And she said, yeah, this is to do with menopause. And then I got plantar fasciitis. And she said, yeah, that's to do with the menopause. Like I couldn't walk. And obviously, I live in the country and I have a dog. So I had to do at least two hours of walking a day.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, Eleanor will remember this, but I, my first big symptom actually was a frozen shoulder, which only later did my uh, chiropractor tell me is the most common in women my age who are, starting, who are going through the menopause get no. worse frozen shoulder. And mine was so bad. Uh, well, Eleanor will remember, I couldn't even wash my own face. I couldn't get my hands to my face, and that lasted almost two years. So Two
0: years of not being able to...
2: I had three inches of reach of my hand. If you put your hand on your hip, my hand would only move out three inches. I couldn't lift it any higher. Even now, I can't get it all the way up.
0: What age were you when this started then?
2: I was about 50 when I got the frozen shoulder. I'm about to turn 55. I don't mind admitting that. I can't believe I'm actually saying those words. <laughs> yeah. I'm not <I'm> turning 55 <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time.
0: <laughs> Happy birthday
2: for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it was round about then, and, and it, it kind of was so many of a combination of things that they – you know you're not sure whether you should look at them in isolation or whether you should look at them as a whole and and the frozen shoulder never crossed my mind that it might be menopausal, and my chiropractor said the hormonal changes are so significant that they that they affect your 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 skeletal and your muscular structures effectively. And she says the people that she sees the most are people my age going through the menopause for yeah. frozen shoulder in particular. See, and that's... by the way, I'd rather have a baby <laughs> than have frozen shoulder.
0: <laughs>
2: wow.
0: It, that would, I would never assume that that was a menopausal thing. Did you know you were going through it by then or was it this your first realisation? No,
2: I, I, in fact, it was only, um, I mean, I still I still berate myself every day for how stupid I was. I mean, I'm a relatively intelligent woman. I run a company. Yet I didn't realise I was going through the menopause. I I just thought my periods would stop. I'd sweat a bit and that would be it. Um, You know, it's ridiculous.
0: It's not ridiculous. This is the reason I am doing this (laughs) podcast. We all are bright, articulate women and we all just push everything aside. Never crossed my mind. And it was only, you
2: know, there's little things that you learn all of the time. Just four or five weeks ago, I was talking to Eleanor. And I said, I can't bear it. Every time I go out, my eyes start streaming with tears. Menopause, dry eyes. Yeah. And I've got the right drops and I no longer have runny eyes.
3: Well, do you know, that's the amazing thing. So my first real symptom was I went to the optician to have my eyes tested. And we went through the you know, all the rigmarole that they do of blowing things in your eye and all that. And at the end, she went through and she gave me my prescription and she said, how are you coping with the dry eyes? I said, my eyes aren't dry. I don't know what you're talking about. She said, oh, they are. And it's a typical symptom of menopause. And I I sort of reared myself up to my full height, (laughs) which is considerable, and said, I'm not menopausal. (laughs) And then within six months, it had all been joined by so many other symptoms that I thought, "Mm, I wonder if she's right. And so like that thing of having streaming eyes, you don't think... Oh, my eyes are really full of tears. That must be dry eyes. Yes. That makes no sense, right? But that's what it is. It's your body, like, giving you tears to try and cope with the the general dryness. And that was your first indication? First indication, my rude optician telling me I was menopausal. How dare she? And what age were you, though? I must have been about 46. 46. 47?
0: Yeah, you see, this is, this is the, the fallacy that we're all fed, isn't it? Mm. That it's like, you know, the average age is 55. I mean, I'm 48. I reckon my symptoms started two, three, maybe four years mm-hmm. ago. And and you just don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, I was 46.
2: Yeah, and I'm 51. Yeah, I was more like 49, I think, 50.
0: But all of us, way younger than the perceived 55, and you think, mm. and... Um, personally, I don't think any of you look like my image of what a menopausal woman was before I started doing this. You know, my well, hair has always been white, I will point out. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes, I've got what my mum refers to as a mallon streak, which is like a big sort of grey line. I had it since I was like, yeah, 30. I think this is why women don't join the dots soon enough, because mm. we all have this idea in our head. But As you say, how dare you suggest I'm <laughs> menopausal? <laughs> and it's such a myriad of symptoms. Yeah. All of us have suffered with brain fog. And that, for me, was the most terrifying. Was that something that you've Feel that you've managed to overcome? Or is it something that you just have to live with now, do we wow, think? Wow, that's such a great question.
3: Seriously, the amount of measures that I am attempting in combination to manage the brain fog is ridiculous. Having been mansplained by the doctor that brain fog is not a symptom of menopause,
0: i oh. a 30-year-old
3: male doctor. Oh, I hope you used your height again, Eleanor. I Ella. did. I reared up to my full, like, I was like a cobra. <laughs> 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 but now, there are certain things that have helped, because I'm quite into, like, extreme sports. I met a guy a year or so ago who was talking about the brain-gut connection, and he said... For elite athletes, they take these probiotics, which help the speed of reflexes. So I started taking them about a year ago. That's definitely helped. What are they? What are they? Pin to hand, everybody. I know, yeah. exactly. So, and I've taken all sorts of different ones. It doesn't seem to matter which brand you take or anything like that. But, you know, like proper, like live probiotics. I take a one called BioCult at the moment, which seems to be really good. And the other thing that I'm taking every day at the moment, in the summer... I went to a sound bath experience. And as part of that, they gave us um, a dropper of reishi mushroom tincture. Again, it's about like mind body connection. Reishi, Reishi mushrooms. mushroom. It's not hallucinogenic.
0: I was about well, to really say, my thought when mustard. I instantly think of it.
3: Yes. no. This sounds great. It's just a mushroom extract, and so I started taking that, and it made a difference. And the people at the um they call it a Fungarium, Bristol Fungarium. They sell mushroom extracts. Um, so they said if that's working, try as well lion's mane extract. So I take these two mushroom extracts every day, and I think. I don't know whether it's psychosomatic or I just feel better because I feel like I'm doing something about it. I think the placebo effect is a huge thing.
0: And so how has that helped? I would say the
3: uh, probiotics, the difference I've noticed is, is that I'm sharper. So I'm just more on it. So the brain fog has different forms, right? There's being able to think your way through things, which is what I was really struggling with that and being able to respond and react quickly based on something other than, whibble, wibble, which is what my brain was doing at the time. That's what's changed from those, I would definitely say. The other thing that I really have been struggling with is like not being able to find the word for things. Oh, and yes. And it's, it's just a nightmare. And so I'll, I, I don't know, I'll say, oh, have you seen my pointy righty thing? My husband says, what, your pen. <laughs> so, and, and I think since taking the mushroom extract, that feels better. And it might be just that everybody is starting to understand the weird language I speak now. I don't know. But I feel like words come to me more easily. I'm definitely Googling those.
0: <laughs> Now, Deborah, you are CEO of a massive company, and yet you say you suffer from brain fog. How have you managed to do? I just delegated my whole life, basically, down to my team. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second, though.
2: <laughs> so, I, I, I didn't find the brain fog at an intellectual level, if that makes sense. You know, so I was still able to to cope and function. I struggled with motivation because everything just seemed pretty laborious. You know, it just felt a lot like wading through treacle to get to small things. And I find myself getting very irritable if people can get to the point, for example. <laughs> uh, I, like Eleanor, I, it took me uh, nearly an hour to think of the word of skirting board the other day, <laughs> uh, which is a bit embarrassing because I had a builder in the house with me at the same time. And I don't know what you thought I was, probably a bit bonkers, but you know. Uh, but it, very recently, that's changed for me, actually. So I uh, I managed to nab myself an appointment at the Newsome Clinic. Uh, the, one of the things I've been put on that I wasn't before was, as part of my HR routine is progesterone. And progesterone uh, has most definitely made a difference. Particularly, I, I just wake up a little bit brighter and I find myself definitely having huge amounts of energy. And I'm coupling that with magnesium and uh, and vitamin d i you know I, i'll try try elena's things every now and again i'll give them a go but, but for me it's been the addition of progesterone and testosterone in my regime so the testosterone is definitely helping with the motivation and the energy there's oh, no wow. doubt about that um and it's early days for me yet i'm only four weeks into the new regime but it's making a massive difference already
0: now I'm amazed that you weren't on progesterone. Mm. No, it depends on if you've
2: stopped your period or you know, I'm not. I'm older than you guys. So I have, I'm not perimenopausal. I'm already menopausal, edging towards post. Okay. um you, you know towards postmenopausal. So so for me um, it wasn't necessary but because uh, you know and I have a female GP and my GP just gave me the estrogen only HRT patches um, which were fine. They stopped the night sweats, they you know they stopped the palpitations they did a lot of good but the reality is there's other parts of our life that isn't just about removing the ugly symptoms But also supporting your working life and your your daily life. It seems to me GPs believe that when you go when you have the menopause, you you you're no longer a productive member of society. So as long as you're not sweating and you're (sighs) sleeping okay, you might be fine.
0: Well, this is my whole ethos. We are not prepared to fade to grey. We are not going to be invisible members of society. (laughs) Very true. That is the be more orca thing, Charlotte. Your levels of anxiety and brain fog has actually led you to give up the job you adore? Pretty much. So um, I'm, a, I'm
1: an actor in the West End and uh, and I've done musical theatre all my life. And so one of the things about my menopause is that I forget. So I can't recall and I go and I become a fish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember A, what I'm talking about, B, how I'm going to start my sentence, B, what words I'm going to use, D, what is the truth and what I'm kind of slightly making up, because that also has happened to me. So um, in a nutshell, I realized that I was I was menopausal because my then boyfriend asked me to marry him. And I went, yay! And then literally within two weeks, I had turned into the most hellish bitch on earth, <laughs> and I thought, God, there's something really wrong with me. And if I don't sort this out really quickly, I'm not going to get married. So I went to the GP, said, "Hey, I think I'm menopausal," and they and they were kind of quite good about that and said, "Okay, well, why don't you go on this?" And I went on one drug, didn't do a thing. It was horrendous.
0: What did you go on then? Like, let's get specifics. Uh,
1: I think I did. I did pills.
0: Yeah. The combined sort of progesterone, estrogen pill. Yeah. You were perimenopausal. You were still having periods. Yes.
1: Yeah, I still am perimenopausal. Were you 46, were you saying? 46, yeah. And I went back and I said, this isn't working. And also, I'm, I've been engaged for six months and I don't want sex anymore. That's not cool. <laughs>
3: like
1: <laughs> yeah. This is the moment where I should be having sex every single freaking day because I'm getting <laughs> married and I don't want it. And he said, he or she, i see, I can't even remember if it was a man or a woman, said, oh, you have something called a sex binding agent, SBA. And I was like, well, what's that? He said, some women who take orally, the HRT, it creates... I think of it as a little Pac-Man. So this is the HRT and it's coming around and it sees something sexual and it goes, and it eats that sexuality. Then it comes along here, it sees another little lusty thing and it eats it up. <laughs> and so it was leaving me. I didn't want anyone to touch me. I didn't feel sexual at all. I didn't feel sexy. And I'm a very, very confident kind of acting type of papa person. Yeah. I have been all my life. And that, literally changed within a year oh my god which was really really sad so then he said right that's not working let's try the patches patches didn't work because i was doing yoga at the time and sweating and so that came off so i'm now on gels and I've tried a lot. I've tried it all different places all over my body. I'm now on my hands, testosterone on my wrists and mainly on my right wrist because I have way more hair on my right wrist than my left. <laughs> and my chin hairs drive me freaking mad because of the testosterone, but I'm dealing with it because I have to have some kind of sexuality in my life.
0: Have you all got testosterone, she says, with a vested interest, on the NHS?
1: Yes. No, my, mine's not.
2: Mine's private. And I'm not taking testosterone.
0: Oh, I thought you were. Oh, no. sorry.
2: Well, mine, mine's mine's an Australian testosterone. butchers type of testosterone. <laughs> the the NHS-prescribed testosterone is actually designed for men, not for women. I have
0: read this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Testo Gel. So I, I chose to go private, and I'm on a on an Australian uh, testosterone, yeah. which
1: is designed and, for women. But I'd love to know the difference between the Testo Gel and the one you're on, and see you know the differences. Yeah,
0: I mean, because I must say, I thought everyone had said, "Oh no, don't be silly; it doesn't create hairs and things like that."
1: Yeah,
2: I was warned that I could get. I haven't yet, but I was looking forward to a tash. Actually, I was going to twirl the edges. And everything. Exactly, a
1: whole <laughs> new facial there. I put mine on my um, pubic bone to start off with. I you had know, my, my bikini line and I got like that pregnancy
0: oh, line that I goes. Remember
1: that? Yes. I had to put mine on my bum, on my
2: buttocks. Oh,
0: yeah. okay. That's interesting. My little dab
2: goes on my buttocks and my, est- and my estrogen goes on the, my inner thigh. Is it because you already had an airy buttock?
3: Deborah, is that why?
2: I haven't actually, I've been putting it really far at the back. I must go and get a mirror and have a look at my arse and make sure that I haven't got <laughs> some lump like, of hair growing on my arse. I don't have to
1: have a look, actually.
2: <laughs> well, I'll report back via WhatsApp whether I have a hairy ass or
1: not. I'm, looking forward. <laughs> I'm actually going to check, now that you've said about um, your oestrogen going on your bum, I'm going to try that on my either my outer thigh or my bottom, but my estrogen I put on the, my inner thighs, yeah. and I think that I got um, oh gosh, what's that term where it just stops going in? Oh yeah, oh really? There's a term. So so women do kind of put it around their bodies. So now I put it on my outside of my forearms.
2: Yeah, I do forearms and inner inner thighs, but with the same all at the same time. I use half of it right. on there, and half of it on there. <laughs> it's like sun <sunlight>. lotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting ready in the morning takes freaking ages. I tell when you. I have to dry. I flap my arms like. A <laughs> well, when you're inner thighs, I find myself flapping my legs as well. You know walking
0: in squats <laughs> well at least you're getting exercise in at the same time you know <laughs> but eleanor you're on a spray are you and is that yeah. does that is that just
3: spray and go uh, yeah the Lancetto spray it's brilliant in for a start it comes in little penis shaped packaging <laughs> which you've got to love it's brilliant and it sprays you do one spray on each forearm and it dries. It's like spraying a an alcohol gel or something on your on your arm. So it's, it dries really quickly. And then it's okay. You can kind of touch people. And Because I, I was worried about the gel, because there was a lot of stuff around don't touch anyone for six hours after application. I was like, Oh, well, there's no way on earth I'm going to do it in the morning. I'm just not that person. I can't get my Shit together until at least lunchtime, and so it's an end of day thing for me. And I don't want to be told whether I can
2: touch my husband or not. I wasn't told that. I, hope I, I better check that Andy isn't growing no.
1: But also your dog. Be careful with yeah. your dog, Deborah. Exactly.
0: Are the gels daily? Then is that a, you have to put it on every day? Yeah, mm. it's That's so glorious.
2: But I guess we've I've just got to do it, right? Yeah. I was offered the patches, but I decided to go for the gel because apparently the gel is you get more of a dose in you, whereas the the patches do tend to be, if they're not perfectly aligned on your skin or if something gets under them, Mm. then you miss out on that dose. And I was running out of space, frankly, because I couldn't be bothered to clean off the marks in the previous one.
0: That is my issue.
2: Uh, they come off with baby oil, by the way, another good tip from Eleanor, with a bit of baby
0: oil and cotton I oil. I just discovered that after using nail varnish remover. Oh, no, no. You know, and one of my friends yeah. just went, you know, you just do baby oil. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and also the idea of once a day for me would be good because the, the twice a week, three days and four days is a very difficult thing for a menopausal brain to remember. I put
1: it in my calendar. I put it in work. my calendar because I'm progesterone 15 days on, 15 days off. There's no chance i could remember so that's interesting so the the progesterone
3: that i take because i i think that if you have estrogen and this is obviously not true for you deborah and i don't i don't really understand why but what the doctor said to me at the specialist clinic was because you're having this lanzetti spray and it's just estrogen you have to then have progesterone because it protects your womb in some way
0: Progesterone stops your womb lining, okay. like carrying on and on and on and on and okay. on. And then that can have cancer risk. Something like that. And
2: my womb lining has
0: are... well, given up. <laughs>
2: L- lining. My womb lining has gone enough. <laughs> what they
3: said to me was take a, a progesterone tablet every day. And also it will help you sleep like a baby, which it does. Yep. So this is all very good. But if you read the instructions, it says 15 days on, 15 days off. And there's a, a Facebook group about menopause, which actually Charlotte introduced me to in the first place.
1: That's yeah. my lifeline. It's that was my menopause. absolute lifeline. Well, name check it. <laughs> the Menopause Support Network
0: okay, on Facebook.
1: Brilliant. So, Eleanor,
2: I'm taking my progest- I'm taking yeah. progesterone daily. I have a follow up actually with Newsom in November. So on behalf of everybody, I will ask that question. I've got another
3: question for you. The other thing that it says in the instructions, and I've seen on that Facebook group, is that you can take it vaginally.
1: I do that. Do you? Anally, if you want to have sex that night and you don't want to have gunky white shit all over your husband's dick.
0: Wow. That's a lot of of information. (laughs) It's not like a typical pessary. but You can take them orally. Either. Or you can... Shove them in any orifice of your choice. I it <laughs> sounds like it. I didn't know that. Well, I, found, <laughs> I mean, okay,
1: this is getting really nitty gritty, but I found sometimes my absorption, that's the word I was looking for earlier. Absorption. On. Good. Absorption absorption, well done. You
0: get there eventually. Yeah,
1: <laughs> my absorption on some days is really good and it takes it all up. On other days, I find that it isn't so great and it kind of leaks out. Oh. And it gets, um, oh, you know, I don't really care about sounding awful, but it kind of <laughs> leaves a white residue, you know, down oh, your man. legs. Oh, down your legs? It's because I do it at night. Oh, I see. Is it not better to just swallow it then? <laughs> no, because I get sex binding agent,
0: okay. SBA. Okay. So
1: I can't have it orally. So it has to go up my
0: vagina. Oh, it has to be topically. Wow. Yeah. Okay, you see this is something I didn't know about. This is educational, like, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've got the marina coil, mm. which now seems like a very easy very easy option. My
1: my body won't accept the coil. I had two put in over 2 years and my body rejected them after 1 month and literally Push them out of my body. Oh God, how oh,
3: unpleasant! Poor you. That must yeah, be like it
1: because it's so wow. awful having them pulled out. And if your body's doing, it must feel like a little tiny labour. But India, you were asking me about uh, how my menopause uh, affected my job, and yes. So the process of getting a job in the West End is that you have an audition, two songs and three sides to go and learn. And then you come back and they do a bit of work with you. Then the bigwigs come in, they film you. And it's lovely. It's a really lovely process. That's changed. So two things have happened for for me with that, that my learning capacity has massively reduced. For a start, the whole process for me is completely daunting now. I used to adore auditions. I loved them. They gave me a reason to get up and learn it and do the best that I could and try and go in and really wow them. I loved it. I got off on them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a full 360 with that. I, I hate them so much that I started to give my agent excuses as to why I couldn't go. And then finally we sat down and I just said, look, I can't, I just... I can't I can't do it. I can't learn. Uh, I get in the room. Um, I don't sound as good. I'm not as confident. My voice is different. I ache all over. My brain fog's crap. And I just thought, why am I doing this to myself? This is the thing that I have loved my entire life, that I have been, you know, and I'm good. I was good. I was really good. I used to get jobs.
0: You're still good,
3: by the way. Okay,
1: but I'm not doing what I should be doing because I can't, get into the room. I can't learn the lines. And frankly, who wants an actress that can't learn lines? Mm.
0: It's the loss of confidence, isn't it, that I think is the main killer. It's that feeling of not having the same self-worth. And that is one of the things that I really want to try and push on this podcast. The idea that if we can mitigate our symptoms to a point where we can get our lives back and get our feeling of confidence back. And so I sort of hope that there is some positivity that can come out of it. At the moment, are you feeling any positivity? You know or I it- was so
1: worried before talking to my agent. I didn't talk to her for two years because I was so worried she would go, all right then, love, cheers, bye. First of all, I yeah. burst into tears on the phone. I got really emotional on the phone. I said, you know, it's totally understandable if you want to take me off your books. I totally understand it. And she says, Sharla, I don't want to do that. I totally don't want you to do that. You just take all the time you need, step back. If you feel good enough, then come back and I will be here and we will work on your journey together. And I mean, more tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have known she was going to be like that, actually. Um, but I just didn't trust because that's another thing. I don't trust myself. In a scale of one to 10, I used to trust myself totally. And now I'm like a five, like, oh, shall I do that? Shan't I do that? How's that going to work out? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've stepped, at the moment, I've stepped away from theatre. But you could go back. Yeah but but before I spoke to her, I had absolutely categorically left. That was it. I'm never going back. And because of the way my agent dealt with me, amazing, amazing woman, because of the way she <laughs> dealt with me, I feel like I can go, okay, so I can step back and possibly go back. Now, if in two, three, four, one month time, I feel actually it is right that I've stepped back then then great that's my choice yeah she has given me back my choice with that which is great
0: through support and decent support which is what all women need now Deborah, you were talking about the fact that actually you only realized through a work event that you organized
2: yeah so I I already knew about the menopause by then that wasn't kind of my, my moment of realization was that GPs aren't great for treating symptoms of the menopause. Came through one of those sessions, and hence my my booking the Newsome Clinic. So, if I can just touch briefly on, if you don't mind, because Charlotte's account there was was actually quite it's quite moving, isn't it? Because we all we all go through something similar, and the fact that it really impacts your career so much is is so it makes me so angry. Not at you, Charlotte, but at you you know, at at just the societal view of things in general. So why, for example, does every woman from the age of 40 not given routine hormone tests so that they can catch, you know, when you're going to start earlier so that you don't have to go through the shit that everybody has to go through? You know, why, why, why? And I think we as powerful women, because we are all pretty powerful in this room, um, I feel a bit (laughs) intimidated, actually, which is very No, that's not true. But you know what I mean? (laughs) I think it's so important that, that you speak up about it and, and talk about it. I am a very personal person. I, I don't often talk about how I feel or, or you know, what I what I'm about. And I think quite often, it, you know, the, the the physical symptoms and the things that you can, you know, that you can look and see and treat are actually the ones that you learn to accept. For me, and I'll talk about the work situation in a minute, but I just want to – sorry, Charlotte's piece really got me going. I, I got a bit teary, actually. I, I think for, it's sometimes the smaller, subtler things. So for me, I have been slim all my life, you know. And when I went through the menopause, I put loads of weight on. And and, and it's, it's such a subtle, small thing, right, putting on a couple of pounds. But for me, that nearly destroyed my confidence in a work situation, with friends, with whatever. It it is such a small little thing. Anyway, so when I had dealt with my kind of menopause treatment and everything like that, I sat down with my HR director and we put in what I think is an amazing program at our work. Firstly, we trained every single manager in my organization, male or not, about what to expect, what you'll go through, what decent... uh, You see, now I'm forgetting words. What, 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 what things you can put in place to help people? We offer free fan for women's going through the menopause. They have a fan on their desk. You, You know, everything like that in our workplace, easily available. We have a support group called Pause for Support. Um, and that is a group of women, they get together, we bring in experts. In fact, we brought in two people from the Newsome Clinic to give online clinics and online support to our people over the course of the day, uh, we, and we have fan-side chats, and fan-side <laughs> chats are obviously the opposite to fireside chats because if you're going through the menopause... The last... don't want to
0: be anywhere near a fire.
2: Yeah. <laughs> fan-side chats that I host where we bring groups of people and, and we act, actively encourage the men in our organisation to join um, particularly um, male managers, but also husbands of people, you know, so, you know, you know your, your wife might be going through it. And we basically talk just like we're talking now. We talk about the crappy things that you go through. We don't stint on using words. We don't, you know, we talk about exactly how it is. And it has been so empowering to both for me, women in the organization, and we We now found that we have a voice. My frustration is that we Doing this because we have a female CEO in the company who happened to have gone through the menopause. Uh, but I would I would guess that organizations that are run by mainly men. Uh, and I'm not man bashing, no.
0: probably wouldn't even cross their minds, yeah. right? Have you, Eleanor, have you experienced that? I mean, how how supported have you um, been? I
3: suppose I'm in a bit of a different situation in that I'm entirely freelance. Hmm. So, And I've always run businesses, small businesses. Uh, so I feel like I have offered support in so many ways. You know, you see your staff go through all sorts of different things. I've been the supporter for them. And I've always, like Deborah really, put in place all the measures that need to be put in place to support them. I've got an amazingly supportive and lovely and slightly delicious husband who (laughs) is fantastic. (laughs) And and you're
0: not even on testosterone. Oh, there you go. (laughs) And he,
3: he completely understands and is super sympathetic. And I've got glorious friends. And so I get all of that support. From around from people, I mean Charlotte and I first met and bonded through
1: talking about menopause and swearing loudly about how horrible it is. I I probably my my fan, didn't I? The one that I carry around everywhere. Like I do not go anywhere without it. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Oh, I loved that. I didn't (laughs) know that. That's brilliant. You genuinely bonded over the menopause. So the
3: the other thing that I think is interesting for us, because of the the kind of generation that we're from our mothers did not talk about this yeah they are stoics and all of us I'm, mm. I'm sure will think oh yeah god my mother never mentioned it at all on top of which my mum went through a surgical menopause so she had everything taken out oh. when she was 40. That's like dropping yeah.
0: off a cliff isn't not it true. I mean that's meant to be one of the worst things you can do to a woman. Exactly body.
3: So, so when I came up against all of this and started to think, oh, maybe the optician was right. Um, I asked my mum and she said, literally don't know. Yeah. Because when I was 40, I went into surgical menopause. So I, I, I don't know. I can't help. Was that for cancer treatment or she a hysterectomy? She just or... had a hysterectomy for reasons that she didn't talk about because she's of that generation of mothers where they don't talk
0: about things <laughs> like that. So who who knows? I presume her GP just said, I think you need to have a hysterectomy. Totally, exactly. Yeah.
3: So, um, and, and I do think that the next generation of women coming through are much more likely to have sympathetic female leaders in their business. I know that it's still a huge mm-hmm. minority, but I think it's much more likely now. People are talking about this. I mean, bless Davina. Yeah,
0: God love Davina. Got yeah. to say, good on you, woman. And it's a yeah.
3: conversation that is happening now, And I think it'll be easier in the workplace. I think it'll be easier for the next generation of women coming through because we're so fabulous and we're all talking about it. <laughs> I
2: know. I, I mean, uh, we, I was away in, in Cornwall for the last couple of weeks with uh, my son and I had a conversation about the menopause of my son. Oh, and yeah. he knew loads. He's He's 33. He knew loads. He really knew about what I was going through and really was very, very empathetic and was asking lots of good questions. That's amazing. I mean, imagine my mother couldn't talk to me as a woman, you know, about menopause, that my mother used to hide sanitary towels under the vegetables <laughs> in the supermarket trolley, just in case anybody might think that we might be
0: unclean yeah. in the local yeah. town. Yeah, you know? my mum called it the curse. You're like, oh, that's, that's nice. a lovely. Yeah. That's really nice language, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I, I agree with Ellen. I, uh, I think there's so much more awareness and support now than I... And it's been such a tremendously fast pace change as well. Yeah. where People are literally comfortable about talking about it I actually mention it in my boardroom now if I'm feeling warm or I'm feeling overwhelmed or my brain stuffed I'll just say I'm sorry I'm having a menopause yeah. moment at the moment this is how it affects you I, I just want to take a break for 15 minutes until I get my head together and initially everybody used to you know my my, my board are made up of quite a few generally older guys well all older guys and they would all like and then and now they're just all right then but okay, that,
0: you know. That, and, the thing though, you've yeah. normalized it, that's what's brilliant. Yeah. And as you were touching on earlier, it's that idea that I want to get to a stage for the next generation where every woman, when they hit 40, are given a sheet of paper going, here, you might be experiencing some of these things with symptoms. As you say, some of the crazy symptoms that you just don't even consider mm. are to do with, like changing body or odor. I lost quite a lot of my yeah.
1: hair.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. The body odour thing's interesting. So your body chemistry changes, right? So at the same time as my body chemistry changed, and I basically started smelling like a chicken and mushroom noodle. <laughs> That's
0: very specific.
3: I also became <gasps> chronically allergic to anything containing aluminium. So I couldn't use any deodorant. So oh, most deo- yeah. deodorants an antiperspirant they contain these aluminium compounds my i had it was like having golf balls tennis balls in my armpits they swelled up so much oh my God. so i had to find an alternative at a point where i already smelled a bit funky <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i tried everything i tried crystals i tried weird powders i've tried all sorts of natural kind of alternatives and i, I was Quite close to giving up, actually. But I've managed now to find a few products that really, really work. What are they then? Come on, help those people listening. So uh, the one that I'm using at the moment is called Fussy.
0: Not a good branding. Who (laughs) on
3: earth is in charge of marketing there? If you're out there, I would like to help you. Um, So Fussy is really good because I was using an American brand, which was super effective, smelled really nice. You know, it was lovely. But it's all in like massive, chunky, horrible plastic packaging whereas Fussy, you buy an applicator thing and then you buy little refills which drop into it and they're housed in cardboard. So shout out to Fussy, environmental.
1: Um, I wanted to ask a question mm. because I've spoken to quite a few women who have gone through Perry, through menopause and are now post and out the other side. I'm nearly there. Yeah, And they have varying degrees, opinions on whether it's better or not. And my fear is that I go through this and I feel that I've had a quite a hard deal with my menopause.
0: Oh, my God, I'm getting really teary. <laughs> oh, sorry. You do, though. I do think you have had quite a I shit deal. I feel that deal. I've had quite a hard
1: deal. Um, it was in the middle of lockdown as well, which, you know, bloody hell. Oh, yeah. Although my girlfriends have been amazing one girlfriend has gone through it not very nicely. So we've had conversations with her. I have other girlfriends who won't talk about it, which I find really odd. And I'm like, but why? And she's like, I just don't want to know. You know, don't put anything on Facebook about it. I'm like, wow. wow.
0: And they're going through Are they going through it? Or are they saying, I don't yeah, want to know, know until it. To it...
1: They just don't want to talk about it because it's a really private matter. Oh, that's weird. The shows yeah. you how ingrained, yeah. though, are exactly uh,
2: my our fear. mothers made us. I guess
1: my fear is that I go through this, and supposedly it's lovely and rosy on the other side, and you know the sleep's going to be okay, and my brain fog's going to go, and my itching's going to stop, and my itchy butt's going to stop, and the hairs are going to stop, and <laughs> the hair's <laughs> going to grow back, and my libido's going to come, and I'm going to feel confident and less anxious. <laughs> or will I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that is the $64,000 question, isn't it?
2: I think, Charlotte, if I may say, as somebody who's been through most of it now, the symptoms definitely do ease off. So I have no more sweating anymore, for example, none at all. I have none of that crawling under the skin feeling at all anymore. It used to drive me. In. I don't have the heart palpitations even without the HRT. Uh, I certainly. You know the things that I felt were falling apart, like my face, have stopped falling apart. It's just, you know, it's come to that point now where, you know, I think I'm as baggy as I'm going to get. Um, <laughs> I hope. And I and I think that um, two things. I don't. I think everybody thinks that at some stage when you postmenopausal you stopped taking the hormones. Whereas I, my neighbour downstairs, she is an eighty six year old yoga every day, swimming, plays golf three times a week. She is still on HRT. And she said she will burn down the doctor's surgery if they try and take <laughs> so her off.
0: Her rage hasn't
2: stopped then. <laughs> and frankly, I believe it. Uh, and, and, sh- and I think that you you find c- you kind of get to a point where you get a balance back. Because I think a, a metaphor is all about losing the balance yeah. in your life. Yeah. And, and the things that impact you. And I think what you... You might not find the balance that you had before. You might not be in the place that you had before, but you definitely do find a balance. Uh, In the last three or four months, uh, my confidence is coming back. My brain fog is definitely reducing. It's partly to do with getting the hormone therapy absolutely right. And I think when you're not having your, when your body is not producing hormones, like mine has stopped, it's much easier just to take the hormones in and it, it does its job. Whereas if you're still hormonal, your body is still yeah. trying to find a balance between the artificial yeah. hormones and your own, and it takes a while to get there. And I, my belief is that you find a new normal. That I'm now loving my new normal. I have to admit, my confidence levels are going up, I'm losing some weight, um, partly because I've stopped drinking so much wine, <laughs> which I turned to during <laughs> you know, during menopause. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know my i feel like i understand my skin a lot more i found the right skin products you know i'm taking a little bit better care of myself and and it's yes. just my
0: no, normal- i couldn't have put that better if i tried Deborah. that is absolutely the yes. entire ethos to be more Thank orca you. It's finding what works for you. We have enough guilt and enough pressures on us knowing that everyone's experiences are unique to them and becoming the expert in our own menopause. I'm really looking forward to the next phase of life. You know, I feel society needs to catch up, but we need to start knowing our own worth first. You know, everyone cuts teeth teenagers slack with their hormones we need to have the same same ethos for menopausal women right, right. she can't remember the word it's fine she will be back on top once <laughs> she's uh, like you know out the other side yeah i am really sorry but we have to draw this to an end i have absolutely loved talking to you i cannot thank you all <laughs> enough it's been brilliant thank you it's been a pleasure and great fun thank you I want to say a huge thank you to Eleanor, Charlotte and Deborah for being so brilliantly candid and open about their experiences. And after this conversation, and thanks to Eleanor, I've switched to the Lenzetto spray and it's working way better for me. I don't forget, like I did with the patches. And I'm pleased to report back, Deborah's arse is still hair-free. Next time, I'll be chatting to our resident menopause specialist, Dr. Katie Barber, about how being a busy mum of two, private menopause specialist and an NHS GP, meant she didn't even spot the symptoms in herself. So I think we can all cut ourselves a bit of slack. Thanks for listening, and see you the week after next. If you want to join in, head to bemoreorcopod.co.uk you'll find our pod forum full of women just like you finding the funny in what we're all going through and sharing stories so we never have to feel like we're going it alone again.